I mean, humble. I didn't like completely just like, oh, hey guys, I can't make it. I had half a mind to Loki just as soon as I got here. Like, hey guys, by the way, I was just kidding. I'm just leaving my house now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you guys probably wouldn't fall for that. But like, and then just come out the door. Like, <laughs> yeah, I saw you pull up. Yo, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Bro, you want some chai, right? Yeah, I'll take a little bit. This is only going to stimulate the mind, bro. Man. Bro, caffeine, chai, it does magic. It's going to put me to sleep. You know, this used to be haram, bro, you know? Chai? Yeah. How? Chai, coffee. Thank you. They used to be haram because the, the element of the drug was caffeine inside of it. Oh, you want some haram? Yes, sir. I mean, you said, you said bismillah first, right? Oh, yeah. Bismillah, <laughs> man. Until apparently a whole bunch of scholars came together and they drank chai together. I mean, no, I'll no take your word for it. Huh? No shrooms. <laughs> I don't know, but that's for another uh, discussion. I don't know about haram. Maybe it might have been makroo, right? That could right. be a thing this, too. Yeah. They used to classify this as khamer, which is alcohol. Yeah. Same classification. Was, I mean, caffeine is a drug, so I can't. Caffeine really is a freaking drug. No, dude. it is. It's, if you take pure caffeine, I mean. Even if you take this, it's like a straight drug, bro. <laughs> it, that's why it stimulates my mind. First sip, watch, I'm going to turn to a monster. Well, I'm already on pre-workout, so like... Oh, shoot. <laughs> That's why I'm, I'm going to take this slowly. Yeah, you're going to challenge on top of that? You're already on pre-workout. Yeah. Well, I just got done at the gym. So, here's another thing, too. Like, like just how I was saying, like, how I value, like, my own time and other people's time. Like, I had something planned earlier in the day. And it basically, let's just say, it didn't go as planned. <laughs> so, I wasted my whole... Like, I had my whole day planned out, right? Like, okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And I was supposed to be in this area already, let's just say that. Really? Yeah. Oh, and man. so then I get a text message at three o'clock. Oh, I'm sorry. Then I'm just like, bruh. Was it a girl though? Yeah, it yeah. had to have been a date. Yeah, it's not a date, but. <laughs> who's the girl? If it wasn't, who's the girl? Yeah, if it wasn't a date, it shouldn't matter. Yeah. I'm not going to expose like that, but it's somebody else's business. I'm a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> so far, every guest who has come, come inside is uh, initially in the beginning talking about a girl. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's crazy. <laughs> Bro, take some sugar, bro. It's super bitter. How have you been, bro? Humble on, man. It's been how long since I've seen you? Too long. It's, last, it's always too long. I think last time we hung out with him was at his house. No, no, Michelle's party. Michelle's party? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which one? We were, I wore a... The what? time he told me I his weird-ass weird dream or whatever it was. I don't know. Or like the question. You know what I'm talking about? My question? Yeah. Was it something you thought of? Oh, it was something, something that was uh, that what? I told Simra. Yeah. But I, yeah. <laughs> bro, I love you. Like, you really don't know how much I love you. Bro, yeah, dude, we ordered a whole damn. Did we order a We did. I ordered. I told her. Okay, cool. Yeah, but she. I mean, she's clear. She brought the child before that, so that's. There's no way she still remembers that. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I think we dive in a little too deep into this. We, we dove really deep into that <laughs> for absolutely no reason. <laughs> you know a little bit more about me, though, bro. Alhamdulillah. So, tell me, tell me something, bro. Tell me uh, any thoughts, any something. I saw the YouTube comment. Yeah. Did you see my reply? No, I didn't. Right not. Okay. Um, what was the YouTube comment? What did oh, you yeah, 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 I do remember now. Yeah. Uh, you were saying, because I said that Islam in general, right? Like, what's haram is generally black and white. Mm -hmm. And then you said, no, I think it's a little bit, there is a gray area. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about it too. I was like, you know, this guy's actually kind of right because I think a lot of what we know comes down to interpretation. Yeah. So like, yeah, let's so say true. you read something, right? I might interpret it differently. Taha's going to interpret it differently. You might interpret it. So right. there is kind of like a gray area. So that's just like, okay, yeah, he was right. <laughs> but you know, something else I do want to point out too, something that I remember that my uncle told me was that there is a lot of information and knowledge out there. The problem is it's like deep into these like really, um, 
how do I say this, man? Like, it's all in literature, right? In Arabic literature. So, like, maybe if the answers are out there, like, they're not really accessible to us in that sense because we wouldn't even understand it. Well, <clears throat> I get that, but they're not, like, they're accessible for all those scholars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see, like, these scholars are debating amongst themselves on halal or like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's it's huge, a, it's huge. A scholar for, it's, it's been for years, you yeah. know, like, it's just, <clears throat> there's so many, like, arguments in Islam. There's so many, like, Flip flop. Like we talked about chai, how, how yeah, tea yeah, and coffee yeah. used to be haram and now it's halal. Like, there's been so many times where stuff has been thought to be haram and now it's halal. Alcohol used to be halal too. Oh, that's true, but I, that, that was that was a time yeah, 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 after yeah. the Quran. Yeah, okay. scholars had decreed that this this caffeine would be haram. Yeah, like, like Sahabas went to war debating on the Quran. Yeah. So like it's even even as back then it was there was different interpretations. Yeah. No, 100%. And, and that's it. Like, think about it. I didn't really know about the Sahabas going into war for, like, debates with the Quran. But really think about that, bro. Like, in the end, who is right? In Allah's eyes. Yeah. It, it doesn't necessarily matter who's right in the worldly aspect of it. <clears throat> Screw that. It's only a matter in Akhiras, right? Because people died at war, bro, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. So if, if, if people are able to be in such disagreements with each other that they go to war and they kill Muslim family for it, and it's still in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's eyes, both are had pure intentions yeah. <clears throat> and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees possible Jannah for them it, 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 it almost opens endless amounts of doors to, to people when they're looking for answers but here's the thing too <clears throat> they have to also go look for the answers right so like you know it's kind of one of those things where I kind of like joke around with some of my friends too right it's like let's say there's something that you want to do you don't know if it's halal or haram right you're gonna find that one shake that like approves of whatever like loophole, right? Like I don't know, for example, like let's say keeping a dog, for example, right? Let's say you ask ten different shakes, is keeping a dog halal? Nine of them say no for X, Y, and Z reason. You go to that ten shake, he's like, yeah, it's cool, bro. <laughs> what's up, then? <laughs> so like, the, the the question becomes, how do you verify what's halal and haram? Right? You can ask for hadith. But in reality, are hadiths really 100% truth? I mean, that's just at that point, you just kind of have to do your own due diligence, right? And if you're like, okay, I put in like as much effort as I possibly could have to find the answer, then, yeah. then you live with the results, right? Yeah, because like I, some of these hadiths you read, they're like, they're, they're this contradicting hadiths even in Bukhari, right? Who we consider mm -hmm. like the biggest of scholars who compile, there's contradictions in them. So like, how, I, for me, I'm really confused about how anybody makes any rulings in Islam. But the thing is too, is like, it's a good thing that you're questioning too, right? Like that's a huge thing. A lot of people, they're just kind of like, okay, this is what it is and you don't question anything at all. Like I think at some point in time, like even as a Muslim, you have to question like, is this the true religion? Like why am I following the taqwa, the faith, all of that? You know, you really do have to, or else then you're just kind of like living life cruising. You know? Right. But hey, let's say I, I have something I'm, I have something I want or something I want to do yeah, yeah, yeah. that I'm debating on. Yeah. How do I, because one, if you go ask, ask an imam, they're going to tell you the safe answer. Nine times out of ten, they're going to tell you what's the or safe or answer. Like if it's if if debatable, they're going to go to the safe side, right? Mm -hmm. You go on yourself and you're like, there's so much knowledge that you can easily be like misled because mm -hmm. like, these hadiths are contradicting, right? Some of yeah. them, and like, the, the, I mean, think about the way hadiths were passed down, right? Mm -hmm. It was, Muslim, so, 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 told to somebody who told to somebody who told to somebody who told to somebody who gave it to Bukhari, right? Yeah. We've all paid telephone. We know how like, and when you, when you look at when you talk to a scholar and they're talking about like a hadith, they literally use specific words and put emphasis on specific words to to mm -hmm. show the meaning behind the hadith. Yeah, I find it very unlikely that th those words are the exact words that were used. So, do you know which specific ones that are contradicting? Yeah, like, um, 
there, there's a hadith in Bukhari. They're literally like, you read them, they're like literally one after another. Mm. One says, um, there is no, uh, Muhammad so forbade praying uh, any sahaba, after, any namaz after Asr. That was narrated by Abu Huraira. And another one, narrated by Aisha, that said, Aisha al that said, Muhammad never forgot to pray the two rakat after Asr, in secretly and in privately. Those are two complete contradictions. And they're right next to each other in the book. So, so which do you follow? Are they both Sahih? They're both in Bukhari. Right. But I, I mean, even like if you were to look into it individually, letting go of the fact that Bukhari is just everything inside it is Sahih, is it, is it authentic? Is it still true when you look into each one? So, so, so the way you determine authenticity, from, to my knowledge, is if it has a trail back to Muhammad Like mm -hmm. It has to be like, my father told me that his best friend so-and-so mm -hmm. Heard from Abu Bakr that most of them said this. That's the way to say it's authentic. If you say my father told me that someone told him, that makes it unauthentic. So there's no way of saying, oh, like this is 100% what the Muhammad said. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's at that point you just kind of have to do your own research. Yeah. And then you go because maybe the best thing is you don't go straight to an imam, right, and ask him the question. Do some of your own research and then, then be like, then you approach the imam and be like, okay, from my research, this is what I've discovered. Like, what do you think? Um, yeah, from there. And, and, and a great point that I'd like to make is that Sahih Bukhari, I don't treat it like it's the Quran. So I yeah. don't believe that it's going to be flawless. Yeah. I don't. I, I am expecting yeah. there it not yeah. to be a perfect book because then there's two perfect books on planet yeah. Earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I so, mean, you take yeah. both, right? So me personally, just yeah. because it's in any type of book like Sahih Bukhari, I don't necessarily just trust it blindly. I know yeah. that there's so much background stories for even the, the certain hadith. Yeah, there's a background matters. story, the context, what's going on exactly. So, so I mean, I mean, I, I guess just like what you said, you have to really like look into it individually and do your research about it. Because I'm pretty sure when you like look into it deeply, you maybe not, you won't probably find any contradictions or anything. You know, Allahu yeah, Alam. Yeah, we don't know. And if they are contradictions, I also wouldn't be surprised either. You know. Because no book is perfect other than Allah's word. Yeah, and you know, another thing is too, is like you might not, like it's just kind of like, you might not find the answer to what you're looking for sometimes in certain situations. Yeah. And you just have to believe like that's also Allah's wisdom too. So let me ask you a question. Well, okay. But in general, if something is not haram, it's halal. If something is not, like, if we're not forbade something, it's halal. Like, yeah. The default version for everything is halal. And then there's... Things that are haram. Yeah. It's not. It's not the opposite. Sometimes yeah, yeah, we yeah. treat it as the opposite. Like, yeah. well, unless we have proof that it's okay. Yeah, because you don't. You, your mind goes to like, wait, what am I doing? <laughs> right. So like, the other thing, like if you can't find any answer from it and it's not harmful, like you got to think about it from. I think it's, it's a multifaceted question, right? Yeah. First, you look at it from Islamic perspective. If that you don't see harm in it, you don't find any faults. Then you look at it from a from a mankind perspective. Is, is it good for human beings? Is yeah. it bad for? Is it yeah. good for you? Are you harming anybody? Yep. And then it's to you, is it is this particular thing good for you? Is it going to take you closer to Allah or farther away from Allah? Yeah. And so that's why I think, like, there's a huge gray area because there's so many things that, like, let's say coffee, chai, for yeah, example, yeah, right? Yeah. If for me, I'm sitting late at night drinking drinking chai, yeah. reading the Quran, right? Mm -hmm. There's no way I can get wrong. But if I'm, you know, drinking chai every day, Missing going out and, and just, just to go, go yeah, clubbing, yeah. right? If I'm drinking chai to go clubbing yeah. to get me the energy, that chai might become haram too because yeah. it's leading me to a haram act. Yeah. Where even if the chai is questionable, but I'm drinking it to get closer to Allah, yeah, it, it's, it's a good act. Yeah. So I, I think it's, it's a three-part question whenever you're trying to determine what's halal and haram. No, yeah, you're completely right about that. So like my question is kind of like, who who makes the rules? Like this is an open. I don't have any opinion on this right now. I'm just mm -hmm. I've just thought of this right now, so I don't have a stance on it yet. Yeah. 
who makes the rule? Is it just the scholars? And of course, I want to I want to put this out there. Of course, a layman can't make any type of rulings for himself. He can't just say, "No, I think it's okay. I'm gonna do it." Yeah. If he doesn't have any knowledge, he can't come from any yeah. place, right? So people who do extensive knowledge are considered scholars. Yeah. People who have a lot of knowledge in the Quran and Hadith, they can have an opinion too, right? Mm -hmm. But who? It, it's not like a one man yeah, thing, right? It's it, like, that's what you know, I don't because, think. like, for example, with certain like controversial issues, right? Like they will have like the scholars, the sheikh of like let's say Houston, they'll all get together, hold a conference, and talk about certain issues, and go through it like that. So it's not just like a oh one sheikh said this, another sheikh said that. Yeah, you know. Because I also do believe that the possibility of certain things that are not specifically mentioned in the Quran being haram, I do believe that there's certain things out here that that are allowed that we've been told that are haram due to just safety precautions or just people know we're going to misuse it or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't think there's necessarily one answer to, to haram or halal unless it's written in the Quran specifically. Yeah. yeah. I know for like, you know, America, there's like a fig council of North America that meets a few times a year mm -hmm. and discusses all these controversial topics. Like, I remember this last time around, I think the big thing was Bitcoin. Yeah. The, the, oh, if yeah. it's halal or haram. Really? Made no sense to me. They said, they, <laughs> they said it's haram. The reason, the reasoning the reason, is yeah. that there is no asset behind it. There's no asset behind Bitcoin that's tangible. And I'm mm. like, all right, what the hell does the U.S. dollar have? What, what tangible asset does the U.S. dollar have? Nothing. And they say, well, the U.S. dollar is haram too. <laughs> really? Yeah. What? Yeah, they said the U.S. dollar is haram too, but you live in a country where it's required, so it's acceptable. But you going out and buying Bitcoin, that's not a need, which is why it's haram. I mean, see, I feel like that just falls down to personal opinion yeah. of, of a of a people who are obviously aged men who kind of go based off of what they've learned through their culture a yeah, lot. Yeah, that yeah. they've come up with these decisions in their minds that yeah. it, I'm pretty sure they have pure intention and may Allah grant them Jannah for sure. Of course. I'm nothing against them. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like we need to all be like all Muslims in the world need to be a little bit open minded about this yeah. and understand that they are speaking from their opinion, yeah. not necessarily fact. Yeah. And they're doing the best that they can to find an answer. But for sure, I do believe that culture does play a huge part in all of this. Yeah, of course. I mean, that, I mean, without Bitcoin too, just like how you live your life generally, right? Which you consider halal and haram, like yeah. culture, tradition, that makes a huge deal. Yeah. And I feel like because this culture is, uh, because these scholars are run by cultural people, the normal layman Muslim who doesn't necessarily have any knowledge but would like to practice Islam, it makes it very difficult for this person to practice Islam when they think that, oh, Islam is something super strict. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look how you're dressed. Mashallah, the muscle popping out, everything. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. You're not wearing a thobe. Yeah. I'm not wearing shalwar kameez. Yeah. I have this f funny mustache going on. We don't necessarily look like the, the people that you would assume would yeah. be scholars and everything. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that we're bad Muslims. Exactly. It really doesn't. I can 100% say that. Only Allah knows. And yeah. And I feel like I feel like the world needs to be a little more open-minded about that and have a better understanding. I mean, everybody sins differently, right? So it's just a matter of opinion. Everyone what? Everyone sins differently. Sinners judge bro, other exactly. sinners for sinning differently. Exactly, bro. Yeah. Exactly. My my thing is my stance on this. He said, Adil said something really good. He said that everyone sins differently. Yeah. And I love that. But here's my thing. I think that since everyone sins, I think that as long as the people are not well, not as long. Let me rephrase that. I think it's a pretty big deal if people are sinning publicly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, like Instagram. Yeah. If people who are storing haram things, what are they doing? You know what they're doing? Yeah. Spreading corruption. You don't think people look up to certain other individuals on Instagram and it, whether they're good looking or this is this, they see one girl wearing a skirt, 
So then yeah. she looks really good in it. I want to. I, I look up to these girls. Everyone does on Instagram. Yeah, they yeah. all look up to someone. Everyone yeah. on Instagram. Then they're gonna start running. I feel like that's spreading corruption. And I think that's a really, really big yeah, deal. Yeah, there's a, there's definitely a difference between sinning in private and sinning in public, right? Yeah. I think when you're sinning in public, like, especially like when you're posting stuff on social media, like that's you saying you're proud of the sin. Because like, think about it. What do you what do you post on social media? Do you do you post like normal stuff or do you post something that's like you cool? Po- yeah, you post like, like the highlights, the right? glam. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're like. Promote, you're like saying like, hey, like, I'm proud of this. Like yeah. I just, I just spend the night drinking at a club. Yeah. You know, yeah. like hell, like I'm, I'm a badass. You know, like I mean, mature people know that's stupid. <laughs> right, but like, but to them, they're like, oh, this is just super cool. Yeah. But they're they're promoting the sin, and I think that's the worst part is they're they're glor- they're like basking in the sin, like like acting and thinking it's great. I think another thing like you brought up earlier too is that a lot of people see Islam as a restrictive religion. Oh yeah. When you don't realize it's more take it from a perspective of it being protecting you. Right, like you think about, oh, Islam, it doesn't let me drink. Okay, yeah. let's talk about when you go to a bar, like, what are the good things that you see? I mean, you hear so many stories about people who are getting to bar fights, you know, some girl got roofied or something like that, you know, and just it leads to something worse. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Eating pork or eating something that's not good for you, like, it's going to mess with your health. So, yeah. like, is it really restrictive or is it protection? SubhanAllah. Oh, man. I think the biggest thing is, I mean, I think people like, one thing that turns away people from Islam <laughs> is like the dedication it takes. It, it, it does take a lot yeah, of dedication. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, waking yeah. up for Fajr, like, you know, praying five times a day, 100%. remembering Allah. But like the beauty of that is, is Muslims are still on the path. Like wh- what's happening to Christians now? They're, like I, back when I was still in school, getting my MBA, I was in a group of like seven or eight people. Okay. All Christian backgrounds. I was the only person who believed in God on that table. <laughs> and may Allah reward you for that too. <laughs> really? That's crazy. Because they, they did, I mean, they think about it, right? Like the whole Christian perspective is so flawed. It's, it's just flawed. Like, oh, just believe Jesus died for your sins and you're good. How, like. Yeah, but then there's like no accountability. Right, there's no accountability. So like, how, how do you, how do you feel God? Like, I mean, like, think about it. Like, when do you feel close to Allah? When, when, when you're, when you're in Sajud, yeah, right? When you're doing a good deed. So, when these guys aren't praying, they're living their life saying, I'm good, bro. Jesus died for my sins. I'm chilling. How do they feel that closer to Allah? They yeah. don't. And then it fades. And then they feel closer to the dunya. Yeah. And they leave Allah. That's so beautiful. Uh, the protection. I love that. And no, because I used to, yeah. well, like maybe like a few years ago, I used to always think like in terms of like giving that way to people or like, how do you inspire like the next generation of kids, right? Like, uh-huh. how do you... How do you look at a non-Muslim kid, 15-year-old kid, and be like, yo, come through to Islam, bro? <laughs> you know what I mean? It sounds like a joke. We're laughing yeah. about it. Think yeah, about that. no, no. But you know what I mean? But then because he's going to be like, but then you tell him, you can't drink, you can't do this, you yes. can't date, you can't do this. He's going to be like, why would I come? Bro. But then that's where it comes in from like, you have to understand too, bro, like Islam is not like just like a strict set of guidelines, yeah. right? Like it's a lifestyle. So and at the end of the day, like you're still your own person, right? Yeah. Like you have the choice to go do whatever you want. Yeah. Like. Right now, like, we could be drinking. It's yeah. up to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we know what the rules are. Just make sure you do your research. You understand what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And then you go from there. 100%. Um, what did you say? Um, yeah, I watched this lecture where a guy, he said, a convert, he said that 3% of the Quran is you can and cannot do this. Yeah. It's law, basically. Yeah. 3%. Yeah. The rest, 97%, is finding oneself having a relationship with God, having a good lifestyle in a sense where you're just always happy and in bliss. Yeah. But but I, 
but I think people only focus on the fact that it's laws. Don't do this, don't do that. Because, I mean, that's what gets, like, social media and things like that, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's kind of like the same thing where, like, good news travels fast, bad news travels faster. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, the, the whole time Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was in, in Mecca, was it 12 years, I believe? Don't ask me. 10, I'll be honest. Years? I don't know the knowledge, so. Um, <laughs> all he did was preach the oneness of Allah. No yeah. rules, no nothing. Those rules came in Medina. So the first 10, 12 years was just about the oneness of Allah and, and that. That that shows that like the rules weren't the important part. If, if, if you're going like, to, if you're preaching, right, you're bringing people to Allah, yeah. that means, dude, like the oneness of Allah is the important part. Yeah, 100%. Make, making dua, like thanking Allah, that is the important part. These yeah. other rules, like you shouldn't do them, but they don't yeah. take you away from the full of Islam. Like, Islam is believing the oneness of Allah yeah. and worshiping Him. Exactly. And that, that's, that's it. I mean, that's why, like, there's also, like, in terms of a lot of situations, right, it's kind of like Allah has given us kind of like these general guidelines and not like these strict restrictions or exceptions for certain people, right? Because let's say, for example, talking about the relationship between a guy and a girl, right? Like, I was listening to a, a lecture by Omar Suleiman, and he, I think there was, like, some panel of some sort, and he was basically talking about, somebody asked him, like, oh, is it okay for a guy and a girl to just be friends, right? And then he brought up the story about how there was, like, a guy uh, and a girl, both of them are cousins, they used to drive to his class every single day. Have you seen this lecture? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then like basically one day they were on the way to his class and the guy did something very appropriate to his girl cousin, right? So Must that, be Pakistani. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's another thing. <laughs> my dude sidetracking over here. Yeah. <laughs> Just throwing his own culture on the bus. <laughs> yeah, that's my people. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so then it's like, you know, then you have certain people who like, okay, you have, you take that example, right? Like that was somebody who couldn't control himself, you know, to whatever capacity, but then you have certain people who are like a little bit more grounded, right? So then it's like, oh, so then does that mean that since I'm more mature and disciplined in a certain extent, does that make it okay for me to hang out or be like this, be like that? You know what I mean? What do you think? What do you think? I think it's better to avoid certain situations, right? Like if you're going to... You know, I mean, there's obviously like certain situations that you're not, you can't like completely prevent a guy and a girl interacting, right? Like you're not going to go to like Walmart or something. You have to buy something. The girl's a cashier. You're just like mute. <laughs> Sir, I need you to pay X amount. <laughs> you know? So, and like, you know, just general uh, situations, right? Like try to not be in a situation. Because like, for example, let's go back to college when it comes to like study groups and that, right? Like there's a lot of situations. I'll put myself out there too, where like you kind of find it well, whether you're waiting on certain people to show up like a lot of situations where you're in a study room and it's yeah. just you and another girl yeah so try to like avoid certain situations like that and yeah. be mindful of things like that exactly so. yeah exactly but just because you're alone in that in that room by chance with that girl because you're waiting for a situation to happen yeah. like that's Allahu Alam only Allah knows if that's wrong or not I don't yeah. think it's to be like oh shoot I have to, I have to no leave. no yeah you I don't leave. I mean you can't be a weirdo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But is that the right thing to do, right? Because it's like, play it yeah. safe. Yeah. Well, I because mean, some people will always be like, here's another thing too. I think another problem in today's society is too, right? Is that like, if you do something that's like the right thing to do, then you're taken as, oh, this dude's conservative. Oh, he's like this. Oh, he's like that. And that kind of like discourages the idea of like wanting to be religious or, you know. 
Well, I, I think it's, it's, it's about a balance there, right? Like like you said, and, and, and if you're you and the girl in a study room together, yeah. Where are you sitting? Are you sitting like right next to her, like, yeah, this, yeah. like touching up on her, <laughs> or are you like sitting across, across the table where like y'all can't you make physical contact even if you try? Yeah. Right. So like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's about. But that's why I'm saying being mindful, right? Yeah. Because certain certain times, like you just kind of go with the flow of things, and there's a lot of things that just happen just because that's how things are, and you just don't notice, right? Yeah. Like, I was having conversations with some of my friends, and they were basically. End of the, the, sorry, what am I saying? The conclusion of the story, the story was that, like, I basically became mindful that, like, yo, I've had a lot more interactions where, like, I'm in a study room, and it's just me and this one other person, right? So then once I realized that, like, okay, you know what, I need to wait till the rest of the group comes or something like that, you know what I mean? Those things like that. So personally, do you think that is like, from the way you are practicing, not necessarily oh the perfect ideal Muslim. Yeah. Because there is no technically ideal Muslim. Do you do you think that you find it hard to be Muslim? I think uh, no, actually I don't. But what I will say is that where you are and where you live, yeah. I think that plays a huge how you grew up. Um, that plays all plays a huge role. How your family brought you up, right? Like yeah. for example, when there was a time where I was living in Malaysia, right? I went overseas to Singapore for high school. Like, think about the simple conveniences, right? Like, let's say you're driving from Houston to Dallas, four-hour drive, you have your pit stops, but let's say in Malaysia, you're going from like Kuala Lumpur to another city. In those pit stops, like, you have small prayers. Long. So even when you're at the mall, bro, they have like small little cells inside the mall. So like, when you're in that kind of uh, environment, it's like, it makes being a Muslim easier. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what are the difficulties that you would you personally face? And I'm going to ask you this question too. And I, I guess I'll no, I, I guess I guess what I just said earlier too, right? Is this like, you know, sometimes you're in a certain situation, and then you're like, man, if I do this, are they going to see me a, a certain way, right? Like, oh, you know, like let's say you're in a group of guys, right? Yeah. And uh, you're hanging out just like us chilling. It's time to pray. Yeah. Are you going to be the awkward one to be like, okay, guys, let's get up and pray, or are you just going to be like, right? So things like that. Okay. What do you find? What do you find difficult in your personal life about following Islam? Um. Honestly, I, I feel like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty lazy guy. So for me to like go out of my way, like if I'm like, I, I, I kid you not, it's easiest for me to pray when I'm at work. Weirdest thing. Because I'm like, I'm already busy, right? I'm already yeah. doing things. So for me to be like, oh, yeah. Zara, just start. I'm going to go make what do and go pray. All good. But when I'm sitting at home and it's Easter time and I've been yeah. in bed for the last like two hours, like, uh, you know, so I think that's a personal struggle for me is that. But like, recently, recently, I mean like yesterday. <laughs> As of 24 hours ago. <laughs> Literally around this time. <laughs> um, I heard the story about Omar Suleiman. Yeah. Where he was talking about this, uh, this man who, um, who wasn't a Muslim. He somehow found, found Islam, came, became, became a Muslim. And he said becoming Muslim was like the happiest day of his life. Mashallah. He, he, had, he was broke. He was living on the street. Like, he, he got divorced. He couldn't see his kid. Like, didn't wow. have any sources of income. Nothing. He became Muslim. Some guy at the masjid helped him find, get a job. He, he started working. Then started a business. Got his life together. Got a house. Mashallah. Was able to see his kid. And, and then guess what happened? He stopped praying. His life from there went downhill. These guys said when this guy had nothing, when he had no house, no job, no kid, nothing, he was happy. Now he has a great business. He sees the kid all the time. Nice house, everything. And he's miserable. So like we we he lost that inner peace. So like, it's it's to the point where like, 
it's it's crazy but like when you have everything you want you don't pray yeah that, that's what it ends up being and it's yeah it's i think it's a little bit of a when you when you desperate something you want something yeah. you want some allah you have that <laughs> that softness in your heart and then when you have it all you have this arrogance and then you don't go ask allah yeah, you so not to. praying is equivalent to arrogance i, I, don't, I don't think like uh what's the word i'm trying to say like praying for being thankful is like advertised enough it's more so about like pray for forgiveness or pray for that right it's just like same thing right it's like mm -hmm. when you're in college and you have an exam coming up you pray the most during that time yeah. after you pass the exam you're like okay i'm chilling yeah, yeah. it, it kind of reminds me of the ayah uh, in the quran where allah subhanahu ta'ala he says that he he made you from semen so really firstly think about this you could read this in different ways allah subhanahu ta'ala wrote it beautifully and respectfully of course but think about where we came from we came from semen allah subhanahu ta'ala said then he gave you a shape he formed you and then blew into you your soul Allah SWT will give you a hearing, sight, and heart. How little are you grateful? SubhanAllah. And it's just like what you said. The guy, he once he got everything, he forgot about Allah SWT. And it's just like, how, how little are we actually thankful to Allah SWT, you know? I mean, there is like, I mean, there's so many small blessings too, right? Like being, being able to breathe properly, having two hands, a nose, like even just like being able to live your daily life. Going to the bathroom. <laughs> like imagine being in a position where you have to have somebody like help you to go use the restroom or something like yeah. that. And you know? and like what I realized is that something that I, that I started to kind of change my focus and think of it in this certain way is comparing myself to the people who are just like me. Muslims across the entire world who live in poverty. Exactly. This, this becomes gold. 100%. Wallahi, you, yeah. we can put a price to this chai. Yeah. This chai, okay, whatever, I don't know how much it is. We can put a price to that. But when you look at on the aspect of people around the world who are my age, just like me, who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will never even get to experience how it feels to drink this. This becomes everything. Being mindful. It becomes everything, subhanAllah. Exactly. So whenever I start forgetting this aspect of every single thing that I'm surrounded with is blessings. I think about myself with the with the people who are living in poverty, people who don't have it all. And and I'm telling you, you live in a Jannah then. You live yeah. in this world of Jannah. You start Jannah. to appreciate everything more, right? And that's yeah. where you have to be mindful of those kind of things. But like sometimes, unfortunately, like it takes a certain situation to happen until you become that aware. You know what I mean? Like, let's say, for example, like just today, right? I was telling you guys on the way here, I saw a motorcycle accident, right? Yeah. Man, like the first like 15, 20 minutes, I was like, thank God, Alhamdulillah, like wow. I'm safe. You wow. know what I mean? Because like imagine being in that position. I mean, hopefully, inshallah, that guy's okay. But like today he woke up 100%. He was going through his daily routine. Maybe his life changed after today. Yeah, 100%. And see, that's what's so beautiful about these hardships, you know, is that they, they really do teach you things and they show you your blessings. Yeah. SubhanAllah. And, and I think a, a big thing is too, is I think I think some of us sometimes forget Jahannam, right? I mean, we were talking. I mean, there's. Yeah. I think at a certain certain point, you for, for, you forget about how really severe Jahannam is, and like, and realizing Jah like how severe Jahannam is, and yeah. knowing you want need to stay away from it, helps you so much. Like, think about it from a human's perspective, right? Yeah. But forget even religious out take religious out of it. Let, let's say you're 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 a normal guy, or there's mm -hmm. a normal guy in here who's doing nothing in his life, right? Yeah. If I tell a man, dude, do you need to work hard? You can get rich. Yeah. They'd be like, nah, I'm just chilling, right? It, it's, I'm doing fine already. Yeah, I'm doing fine yeah. already. Like, I don't, yeah. it's fine. I don't want to work hard. You tell him, bro, if you're cutting down this road, you're going to be homeless. Like, you're not going to have a penny to your name. Like, what affects him worse? What affects him more? What makes him say, crap, I need to get my life together? Is it that want for the best or is it that fear of the worst? 
I mean, it's gonna be a rude awakening for that type of person, yeah. right? When something happens to him, then he's gonna realize like, oh crap, you know what? What Taha was telling me, he was right. <laughs> right. I mean, the same thing happens, though, right? Like when we when we miss when we miss Namaz, and it's like, it's not, I'll never forget. Like I go to someone like, like, dude, uh, like I miss Namaz. All right, Allah, please forgive me for missing yeah. Isha, right? You're laying in bed, you can go yeah. right now, and then but you pray, you pick your hands up and ask for forgiveness, and Inshallah, Allah forgives you. But the but the thing is like, but you don't even know if necessarily if your forgiveness was like. How do I like accept it? You know what I mean? And like another thing is too is that right, maybe but, another reason is that like we don't see Jahannam, right? So we don't necessarily have like the proper amount of fear. It's kind of like the same thing even with good deeds, right? Like the the reward for like if you go to the masjid bringing in the first stuff, like people say that if you really did understand the reward of that, bro, you'd be fighting for that spot every time you go to the masjid. Imagine if we could see a tally sheet. <laughs> like like this many good deeds, yeah, this many bad deeds. Yeah. Like, lives would change. I was 100%. literally telling that to Simran last night. Literally, I was sitting there and it just hit me. And I was like, Simran, think about this. I can check how much money I have in my bank account. You can check how much money you have in your bank account. But we both have a bank account of good deeds that neither of us know. And bad deeds. Yeah, stuck up. We don't want to think about that. <laughs> no, I'm just keeping it real, bro. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> yeah, um, well, about Jahannam, you said that we don't really know how Jahannam is. I agree with you, 100%. And no matter how much we contemplate and think about it, we'll never know. Yeah. But when I personally realized that when I'm trying to actually learn about the Day of Judgment or anything in the Quran, late, late, late at night is the best time to read it. When everyone in the world is asleep or doing whatever they're doing, you're alone in your room and you're reading about boiling water being poured on top of people. Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the middle of the night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow you to have a little slight peek of a window of what is going on. And mm. it's so freaky. But I think another thing is too is the fact that you're going out of your way to like learn that also gives you a sense of like contentment, right? Because then you have the people, like you said, like, yeah, I'm just chilling. So like, you kind of don't really know what's going on. Like, you yeah. know, how your deeds are tallying up. So then he doesn't know how much he should really be like, yeah, yo, bro, I gotta get my life together. Think about space, for example, this universe, mm -hmm. how it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a full of nothingness, basically. And it's constantly expanding of nothingness, okay? Think about if someone was stuck in a spaceship and they said, okay, you can only get out once the, uh, he's flying towards the, uh, the ends of space. And someone tells him, you'll only be able to get out when you reach the end of space. <laughs> think about how, <laughs> think about it. And honestly, honestly, I do believe people will have an understanding of that stuck for long the day of judgment and yeah, in hellfire. But then it's too late. Because this, this universe Allah SWT created was not useless. These things are not useless. Dude, if Allah SWT is giving us the, the understanding of this universe being constantly expanding, how frightening is it that you're stuck in a spaceship and okay, the only hope is that when I get to the end of the space, then I'll be free. But it's traveling way faster than you're traveling and it never ends a stuck for Allah. And I, I genuinely believe, and I, I, I read the Quran and it seems like people understand this concept when they wake up, when they're resurrected on the day of judgment. Because mm. the moment they wake up and they realize Allah SWT is going to give them an understanding or something to see where they understand that they're either in this spaceship of going towards the, the ends of space in a negative way or in a positive way. And astaghfirullah. How fearful are the people going to be on the Day of Judgment when, they're, when they don't even know, Ya Allah, which way they're headed, you know? Like, but then it's too late. Yeah. Look, at, look at how stupid this freaking world is when you think about it in that aspect. We're, we're sitting here, everyone, all the people around us, we're sitting here having a good time, playing checkers, playing cards. Every person is going to be waking up on the day of judgment thinking the exact same thing. Am I going to be on this side or am I going to be on this side? Exactly. And when you put it in that aspect, everything in this fucking world is stupid. 
I mean, that's life, man. That's why you have to just kind of do your best. It's illusion. It's a game, man. It's illusion. <laughs> it's a simulation. It's a, game. it's a simulation. I believe it. But I believe Allah created the simulation, not some okay. alien. Mm. <sighs> yeah, Allah. Astaghfirullah. The monster's coming out, people. <laughs> huh? So the monster's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. There it is. <laughs> so, bro, I've been wanting to ask you this oh, God. For, for a very, very long time. I think since, ever since I, I met you. And after I kind of hit a little bit of a spiritual path. So you're Hafiz, mashallah. I don't know why we didn't announce that in the beginning. <laughs> I like prefer it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you guys did to be calling. Quick question. Hey, um, are you single? Yes. There we go. Single Hafiz here. He, he can take 10 people to uh, Jannah. You can be one of them. <laughs> inshallah. <laughs> mashallah. That's such a like... So, you have, think of, try, try and understand this. You have Allah, the, the God, the Creator. You have His words, the one that He has spoke. The only words that we know that He has spoke inside of your heart. Alhamdulillah. How do you feel? It's a blessing and a curse. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Tell me. Obviously, you know, being a Hafiz, you know, it comes with a lot of pride. You know, you have to be able to keep up with it, right? And there's a huge pressure about yeah, that too. Because it's kind of like you have water in your hands, right? Yeah. As soon as you stop reading Quran and, you know, practicing daily, it's like your fingertips start kind of slowly opening up yeah, and there it goes through... So I mean it's uh I mean humble it's a blessing but I mean it's there's also some pressure it's behind a, it. A right? lot of pressure. Yeah. Stuff for Allah, stuff for Allah, yeah. It's probably not a good answer to say, but uh No, no, that's a realistic answer. And that, and I could I could completely see that. No, but I mean like I need to be better at like articulating myself in terms of what I want to say. What do you mean? Like I would rather I had like a deep answer prepared before. No, but that's 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 you that makes I mean? sense. That really but does. I mean humble it's it's a blessing more than anything because it's some. It's like a foundation that I can always go back back to, right? Yeah. Like anytime I'm going through something, go back, read Quran, feel better, and then until the next time. I think I think it's just like when, I, when I'm talking about the curse. That's probably not the right word, but it's just like you also hear so many stories about people who like once they become a hafiz. I mean, this is me in particular too, right? Like you stop practicing, you start reading. Sorry, you stop reading. The punishment for that. Yeah, it's huge. So. If you are a Hafiz, then I hope that you know you're doing your due diligence and keeping up with it. I do believe that it's a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to 100%. certain individuals in this world yeah. who have the ability to memorize the Quran. Because I tried a little bit of that's, that's how your parents will always like advertise it to you, like, oh, you're closer to Allah. Because you know? think about it, you're one of the honored individuals to preserve the Quran in your heart. Alhamdulillah. SubhanAllah. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. <laughs> like, wow. <clears throat> Do you know how few people even had the Quran memorized in the time of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? It was so little that after, in Abu Bakr al-Islam's time, after there was, this, there was this guy who claimed to be a prophet, and then they went to war with him, and a lot, I think a few of the Hufas died, and they were like, there's so few of us who have memorized the Quran, we have to write it down. Yeah. So these Sahabas you hear so highly about, yeah. they didn't have the Quran memorized, and they were with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, so like it's it's not it's not a being a hafiz is not a small title. It's like the fact that Sahaba, like the best generation, a lot of them didn't have it memorized, but some of people from our generation has it memorized. That's and and 
just like I said, it's like a gift, mashallah, that Allah, Allah gave you that is. you utilized. Yeah. So you, you can have the gift and not utilize it. There's certain people I know who have photographic memory, but they don't memorize the whole Quran, but they memorize everything else. But I think, you know, I didn't realize how big of a deal it was until much later in my life too, right? Going back to like yeah. Islam being a mature thing, like... Um, you come to realize that much later in your life, like, okay, wow, I really do have this tool that I can really use and take advantage of. Yeah. I need to be better about it. So when did you memorize the Quran? Uh, when I was 11 years old. Okay. I've and I, yeah, my It's better to do when you're young, by the way. Yeah, yeah. thing about becoming a Hafiz, do it when you're young. Yeah. Um, was there a certain point of your life where, of course, we were born Muslim. Is there a certain point in your life where you decided to be a practicing Muslim? Decided to be a practicing Muslim? Yeah. I think um, when I had my, uh, I tore my ACL and like it had a lot of time to just chill in bed, right? And so that's when I started thinking like, you know, what is Islam? Yeah. Uh, going back to what I was saying about taqwa and all that kind of stuff. Like you really have these moments where you have to kind of question like, why am I Muslim? Mm. You know, why am I choosing to follow Islam other than Christianity, Judaism, whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is it just something that you're just doing because that's what your parents taught you, right? Right. Um, and then going back to like basically what I was saying about when I realized that Islam is a set of guidelines that it's being used for protection, it's like no way that this isn't the right way to live your life. No, keep it that. Thank you. So with that being said, so whenever I realized that like any time I followed Islam or I'm doing like a good deed, only good things have kind of happened in my life. So I think that also just motivated me to just keep going on that path. Subhanallah. So I I have a stand where I believe that every individual person has a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they can somehow implement that gift into giving da'wah or worshipping or serving mm -hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the the Islam Islamic ummah yeah and I, I believe that what do you guys think about that everyone has a certain skill yeah. and, and it's their responsibility that they're going to be asked about on day of judgment where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said I gave you this skill you know you have it how did you implement that into Islam? But even without that, just even on a general daily basis, right? Like you're supposed to be like accountable for yourself. And if you see someone else doing something wrong, like you can't say something about it, right? Like for example, if I see one day Taha's drinking, not to throw Taha under the bus, but no, I'm just kidding. No, let's say, but it's like my responsibility as his brother, as a Muslim brother, yo dog, like that's not the move. That's a really good question. I, okay, we see a lot of people on Instagram doing haram. Yeah. Are we supposed to swipe up on every single story? No, I mean, obviously... My wife depends. would be very mad if I told you not to wear a <laughs> No, okay, that... I mean, obviously, circumstances difference, right? But, like, there's ways to go about it, too, right? Like, you're not going to go after some girl about, like, oh, you shouldn't or dress guys, like... Or guys, clubbing, sorry. Yeah. Uh, guy, or girls. I'm saving myself No, here. no, me too. I don't want to... <laughs> you know, you don't... I mean, understandably... Here's another thing, too. Generally speaking, if you just go up to a random person and you like approach them like that, they're just going to be like, who the hell are you to tell me? You exactly. Know what I mean? 100%. So, I mean, and also the first thing they're going to tell you is, bro, is like, you're a sinner too, so you better check yourself first. Exactly. <laughs> so how do you know that you can tell Taha not to drink alcohol, but you can't tell someone else? Well, I'm closer to Taha than I am closer to X, Y, and Z, right? I think it becomes a point where like, you have to really, you have to see, will me saying something help or hurt the situation? Right? Like if I'm, if I'm telling somebody I'm close to, hey, yo, like, like chill out, like what you're doing yeah, is yeah, wrong. Yeah. It makes an impact. But I tell some random person and say, "Go f yourself." Like um, I do what I, I do what I want, and it brings an arrogance into them where they do it even more. Here's another thing too that you need to bring up as well. It's about how you do it too. Yeah. For yeah, example, yeah. if I see, I don't know why I keep putting Taha's name on the bus. Taha's the guy for today, man. Do it, do it. But like, okay, fine. X person that like you just go up to him, they're drinking. I'm not gonna be like, 
yo, bro, that's how I'm to stop doing it. Like, maybe you should try taking a different approach. Don't, especially, and this is a huge thing, too, because, like, let's just let's be completely honest. You have a bunch of, like, random guys out there telling, like, random girls, like, oh, where's your hijab? Where's this? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? No, that's just causing... Like these guys, they're not saying like, like even like that is somewhat okay. Like, hey, like you should be wearing a hijab. It's fine. These guys are like, oh, like even Shaitan is confused. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's like, that's the trolling. Like, it, it becomes it. to the point where it's like more of a bashing than a helpful thing. Yeah. Like, don't like, if you see a girl wearing like a skirt like Rasa. Similar took his history. They post them on Instagram. If you don't go on the Instagram comment. Hey, like you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Like you DM them. Hey, like you know I care about you. Yeah. I care about your akhara. Like I don't mean no malice by this. I just want to advise you or whatever. Say it in a respectful way. Like, tell them you're not judging. Like, it, it has to be in like a, in a hopeful way. If you do it in like a rude way. Biggest thing is make sure you do it in private. Don't try to publicly humiliate somebody. Yeah. And I also feel like uh, there is a hadith, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saying that talk to people based off of their level. And then, now that level could be several different things. Level of knowledge, level of status, exactly. ETC. There's an example of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to, uh, you probably know this, but one, I think it's Umar. He grabbed him by the collar and he said, oh, uh, son of so-and-so, when are you going to accept your Lord? And he grabbed him by his collar so tight that said they didn't think he was going to let go. And the guy accepted Islam. Then there was another individual where Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu just said, talking nicely and softly to a guy, he said, when are you going to accept Islam? The guy was so shy that he couldn't not say, yeah. okay, I accept. <laughs> I mean, you know? The Prophet's in front of you, bro. <laughs> so, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> so I feel like yeah. even when, when talking to other people about Islam, you have to understand firstly. I feel like most people don't understand. Yeah. And the reason why I don't think they understand is because they haven't reached a certain level of consciousness to to feel the energy of the, uh, another individual yeah. to know how much they can say. Yeah. I feel like that's a really, really big thing. Yeah, I think you should definitely try to see where that other person is coming from, right? Yeah. Like, and try to understand their psychology, right? Like, if X, Y, and Z is drinking, why are they drinking? Did something bad happen in their life to where yeah. they got pushed to that point? Yeah. Then once you kind of understand where their head is at, then you can kind of like make a plan like, oh, maybe this is the way I should go about how do I approach this? Yeah. You know? Like there's certain individuals in my life that I know who do a lot of sins and they have like no hope in Islam. It's good. This is this. These people need to understand the mercy of Allah 100%. in order for them to be, hmm, okay, maybe it's not that bad. So yeah, level of understanding, I feel like. Is I think a lot, another thing going back to this is that I think a lot of people, they only hear about like the punishment. And this is, uh, who said it? Uh, I think Sheikh Suhaib Webb. He's like, has anybody ever told you that it's haram to like, um, like, uh, how do I say this? Like, you basically lower the degree of Allah's mercy. Ya Allah. Subhanallah. He's the most forgiving. Subhanallah. Most forgiving. Subhanallah. This is a simple game, bro. People, when, like, if if you sin, it's seriously as simple as just going and say, Ya Allah, I'm going to try better not to do yeah. it. Just forgive me. Yeah. And just, just I mean, just I mean everybody's on their own journey too, right? Like everyone's on their own journey. Like no you're gonna, you, you do whatever sin you do. You you do your best to repent, ask for forgiveness. You might relapse. Yeah. You go back to forgiving. As long yep. as you're sincere every single time, you just kind of have to live with the results. Yeah, you know, subhanAllah, I think there's a hadith saying uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he was talking to his angels. And he said, this person, he committed a sin and I forgave him when he asked for repentance, when he uh, mm. asked for uh, whatever. Then he committed forgiveness. Yeah. Then he committed the sin again. He came to Allah, did the same thing. Allah said, I forgive him again. He did it again. And then again, Allah SWT said that my slave has continuously came back to me. Allow him, let him do whatever he wills. And not in the sense where you could just do whatever. But yeah, yeah, Allah SWT yeah. understands that this guy, no matter what sin he's going to commit, because we're all human, we're going to commit sins, he's going to come back. So no matter what he does, accidentally, out of a moment of weakness, SubhanAllah, Allah SWT is going to continuously yeah. forgive him. Exactly. There is this guy who's going to be on the day of judgment. Angels are going to be dragging him to Jahannam. And he's going to call it to Allah. Ya Allah, help me. Help me, help me, help me. Please help me. 
and Allah is going to be like, why did you not know that what you were doing was a sin? Did you not know that you were sinning? He said, Ya Allah, I did, but I believe that your mercy, that, that you will be merciful to me and forgive me. Mm -hmm. He said, oh, my slave has relied on my mercy, therefore I'm going to forgive him. While being dragged to Jahannam. Just because he said, yeah, I know I was sinning, but I was, I, I knew you would forgive me. Allah, I believed you were going to forgive me. And I said, all right, well, you believed it. Here you go. And there's a, there's a, I don't know, I think it's a hadith that says, Allah subhanahu wa is who you believe he is. Yeah, it's in the Quran. It's in the Quran. So like, if you believe he's just like ruthless, exactly. like a stock for Allah like, yeah. entity, that's how you're going to be treated. But if you believe he's a loving, caring person or entity, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and if we're giving entity, then Allah is going to forgive you. And I think also a huge point to that is that it also depends on how you're taught Islam too. Yeah. If you're always taught that Islam is like this super strict religion, you know, it's like yeah. this, it's like that. Like, no wonder people are going to think like, yo, this is the most strict religion. Why would I ever be a part of it? Right. Yeah. Because, for example, like, you know, you hear, for example, I keep saying, for example, you hear like people like, uh, what's his name? Sheikh Abdulrahman Murphy. i like during Ramadan, bro. Like I was infatuated with this guy because I just loved hearing him talk. But he was talking so much about like forgiveness. Like, doesn't matter what you do. At the end of the day, go back and ask for forgiveness and go from there. SubhanAllah. 100%. I feel like, think about it. Our parents, when we would get a B or a C, they would be upset with us. Yeah. And instead of asking, hey, what's wrong? <laughs> they would get angry at us, right? So, of course, they're going to teach religion and the aspect of, dude, don't go to yeah. hell, don't go to hell, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it said that someone, I think it was a hadith, someone asked Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, how should we, should I worship Allah out of fear? Should I worship Allah out of love? Prophet Muhammad gave an example of a bird. And his left wing is fear, right is love. So it needs to be 100% equal balance. with each other where it's a balance where you don't commit a sin because you fear Allah and you do all the uh, acts of worship of Allah SWT because you love Allah SWT. Exactly. And then with that balance, inshallah, you really have a better understanding of who Allah SWT is. You know? And then you can have an understanding of how merciful He is as well too. Alhamdulillah. SubhanAllah. The answers are there, man. It's just everybody has to kind of do their research. You know, I genuinely feel that everyone should like read, read a little bit of the Quran in English too. You know, like you really understand. There was this mother who was talking to me about her child who's young and she's forcing him to read the Quran and he doesn't want to anymore. And she's like, he's getting to the age where he's just refusing to do it. I said, how is he reading the Quran? Arabic or English? She said, Arabic. He's a the Desi child, so he doesn't know any Arabic. I said, if you're going to force him to do it, at least force him to do it in English. That way he may gain some knowledge from it that when he grows up later on, it'll guide him to the right path. Well, that's another thing too, is forcing the kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, so if you be keep forcing. forcing someone to do something, the chances of them doing that is very small, right? I understand, yeah. like, he's your child. I mean, at the end of the day, he's going to listen to you, but yeah. show him why. Yeah. Like, read exactly. Quran because of this. As yeah. opposed to, like, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. Yeah. It's about the relationship one has with God. They have to understand what the relationship that they have in this world and with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to then understand why you should be reading Quran. Yeah, but that's, what, that's what we said earlier, right? Like, that's where Islam is, like, a religion for mature people is, like, then you understand why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back to what you said about everybody should read the Quran in English. Like, you know how a lot of people in this world say, hey, I, I want Allah to show me a miracle, right? I, I want to see a miracle to, 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 to believe, right? We hear this all the time. Yeah. I kid you not, we have a miracle and that's the Quran. I, whatever you're going through, literally, I, There's an this answer. happens so many times to me, I can't even count. Or like, I'm, I'm having some sort of issue, some sort of, you know, internal conflict. Open up the country to a random page. Literally, op open it down the middle into a random page, mm -hmm. and I read it like a paragraph or two, and it, something clicks in my head that relates back to what I was struggling with. 
And that's not a miracle. What is? It's a mind reader. That's how I describe yeah. the Quran. It's a mind reader. It's a, mind reader. I mean, a random page. Like, just literally op- take the book, open it in half, and just read. I mean, people don't understand that, like, certain problems we're having today, it's not like it just started today, right? Yeah. Like the Prophet ﷺ, so, like there were the similar problems that happened back in his time that we're dealing with still today. So Quran is a timeless book. Timeless book. Like, there was people committing zina at the time of the Prophet ﷺ too. Like, it's not, it's not, it's <laughs> not new, right? It's not, it's not new. Like, we say, oh, it's so hard. It, it was hard back then too. Like, like it's, like, I mean, just, just think about it. If you can sin literally in the city of Prophet Muhammad <laughs> with him, like across, like, like I don't, I don't think I understand how small yeah. like Medina was at the time. <laughs> like, like anybody who's been to like, like um, the, the masjid, yeah. and, and that was the entire city. The masjid was the entire city. It's not like Houston. It's literally <laughs> like, like a two block radius in downtown. Yeah, where that was the entire city. So literally, like Muslim like right there, Abu Bakr right there, like Omar was right there. So it's like, it, you're you're there yet you're still committing sin. Like it's not. It's definitely not anything new. It's the, the hard, the, the, the new challenge is you're not, you're not going back to the roots. You're not reading the Quran. You're not, you're not doing anything Islamic. So how, how do you think it's going to be easy if you're not, if you're completely turned away from Allah? Like we're not, we're not Christians. It's not like oh, I just believe in Allah and I'm good. Another thing that plays a huge role, who you surround yourself with. You know, you surround yourself with people that are committing sins. You're probably going to end up doing the same thing, right? That's why I'm surrounding myself with you right now. Why do you think I'm here? Alhamdulillah. Look, everything we're seeing right now is a reminder for all of us, right? Yep. Myself included. You know, it's not like just because you're Hafiz, you're like free of you're sin. You're a holy man, dude. You, <laughs> no, what are you talking about? No, I'm not. It's not like I have a straight ticket too. <laughs> yeah, right. He doesn't commit sins. I don't believe that. What sin do you commit? Prove it. Everybody who's watching Prove this, me. he's lying to you. Prove to us. Prove to us. Bro. <laughs> Never, another Islamic rule. Never boast about your sins. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Bro, think about this, bro. When we enter the day of judgment, and let's assume, inshallah, we're going to be amongst the believers. Okay? Inshallah. We're going to see Prophet Muhammad. His beautiful face, bro. Think about how important this individual is for the whole humanity that has ever existed. Only due to his dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment will the judgment day start. SubhanAllah. And he's going to be waiting for you. Oh my God. At the gate of Jannah, handing inshallah. you water. Inshallah. You know how like 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 he's waiting on you. Like that's a that's a huge thing. Oh man, like, goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's listening. Like I, I can't wait for my people to come see me. Like he he called. What was the word he used? I, his brothers, my my. Uh, yeah, yeah, brothers. I'm I waiting so. for my brothers. And the Sahaba said, "Are we not your brothers?" He said, "No, no, no. You see me. You're my companions." Those guys who believe me without seeing me are my brothers. So he mm. put us on a pedestal. He's waiting Mashallah. for us. It's a lot to take in, man. Man, I love him. I love him, bro. I don't know too much about Prophet Muhammad but man, I think I love him. I really do. I mean, you're doing your part, right? You're learning. You're taking the Inshallah. steps. You're taking initiative. Inshallah, bro. Man. Man. The, the moment I make eye contact with the Prophet of Allah. Sallallahu you gonna make you can have your own time with Prophet Muhammad as he That's hands crazy. you when he hands you a drink. <laughs> Sometimes I have a misconception that on the day of judgment it's gonna be so chaotic that you don't really interact with either Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone or Prophet Muhammad alone. But dude, it's like it's there, bro. Well for, for the believers, literally day of judgment is gonna be the time between Zahar and Asr. That's what, like two and a half hours? Yeah. Roughly. Roughly. Right? I would have to pray to know that. <laughs> 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 
Inshallah, may Allah make us all from that group. Amin, bro. Amin. Amin. Oh, my God, man. Yeah. I've had this fear <clears throat> that on the day of judgment, when everyone rises from their graves, are they going to be in such fright, such fear? Yeah. And I was under the impression that it would be a yes. But I read in Surah Yasin where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He describes that there's going to be a certain group of people yeah. who get up and they're going to be, who woke us up from their sleep? Those are the people who aren't expecting to wake up from their sleep. That's why they're going to question Astaghfirullah. Then there's going to be someone else who's going to say that this is the day that the messengers and Allah has promised you of. Astaghfirullah, bro. Ya Allah, man. I mean, I mean think, up, think about it. Like, put this in a, human, like a humanitarian perspective, right? Like you... Let's say you study for a test, but kind of blah, right? You barely studied. When when you see, hey, the grades are the grades are gonna be up tomorrow eight a.m. and you know this grade is gonna determine your future. Yeah. How long is that night? Now another Longest. guy, he studied super hard. He's like, man, that test flew by. Like I I killed it. Yeah. How fat? He's gonna wake up in the morning and chill. He probably not even look at his grade. We're, we're eight a.m. <laughs> uh, whatever. I'll check it later. Yeah. Go, go, go eat, lunch, eat breakfast. Come come back and check it. The guy the guy who did not study. 750 sitting there just waiting for it to pop yeah. open he's probably on the brink of failing <laughs> right but that's the thing right but if you're on the agenda you're like y'all are like i i did my best and if you're like sitting there like oh man i oh man i messed up oh man i, I love give us anxiety and on that day it's gonna be heightened <laughs> it's gonna be heightened yeah yeah talk about adrenaline rush <laughs> <laughs> i don't think there's no rush there uh, man i mean you don't know <laughs> Man, it, it's it's crazy. Like the more you look into Islam, like the, the more you're like dumbfounded by beauty. No, no other way to put it. Yeah, because because then at that point you've done your research, right? So then you have a reason to be like, okay, now you know what to do, how to attack certain situations, right? If you don't do that, then you're just kind of like he said this, she said that, and you kind of live your life kind of mindlessly. I mean, lectures are such a must, in my opinion. Yeah, like, I, I listen to. Have you? Um, Yasser Khadi had a lecture on the Sirah of the Prophet. I haven't, no, I don't It's listen. super long. It's super, super long. It's like 120 something hours. Wow. It took me like a year to finish. Wow. But my, like, I love Prophet Muhammad. So, 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 I, I, I did. But the, the newfound love and respect I have after that series, when, I, when you know so much, when you've learned exactly. so much, is so much different. So, like, when you're lacking that love for Allah, when you're lacking that love for Prophet Muhammad, it's because you just don't know enough. I think that's like a very easy tool that everybody can use in their daily lives, right? Like listening to like a lecture on the way to work or you're just chilling at home. like, like or, or listening for Taha theory. <laughs> yeah, no, no. A, a little bit. <laughs> no, but I'm talking about like strictly like, you know, the Seer of the Prophet or something like that, right? I mean, yeah. take your time, listen to that. But yeah, find a sheikh that you enjoy listening to. Um, like for me, my probably top two is like Abdul Rahman Murphy and Mufti Mink. Mufti Mank is huge because mm-hmm. um, they, they also seem like they're a little bit more like they cater more to like our audience too because there are some shakes that like they might be a little bit too traditional that we might not like vibe with I guess that's the right word but yeah and, and they're more about like they're less strict in a way right they're like more about they're more mercy practical, practical. more about mercy and more about like hey like it's gonna be okay like I don't think a lot of imams understand how much pressure is on people today yeah like we're we, oh my god it got loud all of a sudden, um, I'm cool. Yeah, but I don't think a lot of like imams like understand how like today we're under so much pressure. <laughs> Yo, is my mouth too close to the mic? By the way, because I just realized it, 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 it can't get closer. It can't get close enough. Like, because <laughs> no, because I noticed y'all seems a little bit further away. So, it, so like, we keep moving it. So oh, like, okay, maybe that's fine. Okay. Um, 
They probably hear me like breathing like. A lot of people don't realize like how how difficult life is. If you just keep thinking about the like the, diffi- the difficulty of this life and the hereafter, like it brings down your morale. But if you talk exactly. about the the ease and forgiveness, it boosts morale. So it, yeah. I think there has to be a balance. You can't just listen to like all good, good, good. You gotta listen to like a balance of like the good and like hey, like what do I need to do to get better? No, and I think like that's the point that I brought up too, right? It's just like I'm just gonna be like a little bit general about it, right? But like in like a Daisy household general Desi household you're probably gonna get like the strict fearful version of islam and then you get if you listen to all these other lecturers then you'll get the forgiveness side you know the easy side so take a person who's only listened to like the punishment side versus a person who's listened to like islam is the most forgiving you know it's gonna be a lot there's a higher chance of somebody who's listened to only the fearful or the punishment side of islam to be like man this is too much you know, like there's like no way that I can ever ever amount to like making it to heaven because I've committed so much sin. And it's crazy how honestly Islam is so easy. Like literally, Allah's given us such a. It's like okay, avoid the major. Don't do the major sins. Okay. Yeah. Don't do don't do the minor sins knowing. Like don't go out of your way to do minor sins. Exactly. And in between, Allah's given us automatic forgiveness. You you make wudu forgiven for your sins between the last wudu. Like you, so we saw Yasin on Friday, forgiven. You yeah. fast on like Muharram, yeah. since forgiven. Like yeah. you, I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. Like Allah says, okay, well, major sins. I mean, don't don't do those. Yeah, yeah. Minor sins, try not to. But if you do, like, you, okay. you'll be forgiven. Like I've, like you don't even necessarily ask forgiveness for those. Those are automatically like through your actions, through things that Allah prescribed, are forgiven. It's, it's literally that Allah is trying to find ways to forgive you. This life is a test, and Quran is the test answers, bro. Huh? So this life is a test, and the Quran is a test answers. Subhanallah, and 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 the best part about it is that we have the best judge who is going to judge accordingly, mm. either through His mercy or through justice. Exactly. Subhanallah. And, and I think the big point is we we say Allah is the most merciful, right? Correct. But that's not what it translates to. It translates to more merciful. And then that's that's like if you think about it, right? What, what does most mean? That there's a, there's a ceiling to it, right? It's yeah. like oh, as a most merciful person, well. He's gonna be strict sometimes, right? He's not, yeah. but he's more merciful. He's more merciful than you can imagine. Yeah. His mercy is not; it does not have a roof. It does not have There's a no cap. ceiling. It's it's continuous. Boy it's, said no cap. <laughs> <laughs> Some modern Islam for y'all. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> oh man. Oh god, that was good. Yeah, but what I realized is that uh, recently, is uh, the more someone engages with the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the better understanding he has, which allows him to then be enveloped by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's existence. And being enveloped in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's existence, living in this day day to day age, dude, you're literally walking around with this feeling of just completeness. Yeah. This fulfillment, this contentment. I mean, think about the days that you hit all five prayers versus the day you don't hit all five prayers. SubhanAllah, bro. SubhanAllah, bro. I mean, it's a completely different attitude of your life. I mean, yeah. Do you hear about the one where uh, where I was, where Allah is the king? Where where I talked about how Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He's a king, and when you worship Him, because that's one of His names, His name Al Malik. Yeah. He's a king who's sitting on this throne. That's why He talks about this throne. I believe is that it's sim- it's a symbolism for people to let everybody know that He's not just this forgiving entity. He's a king too. 
he has the full authority of everything that is yeah. in the heavens and earth and in between. And by chance, by, not even by chance, luckily for us, our king is who? The most merciful, the one who wants to forgive you, the one who wants you to just remember him. Allah SWT said, remember me and I'll remember you. And going on a deeper level, what what is hell? I personally believe that hell is distance from Allah. And let me let me tell you this. Distance from Allah means distance from good. Distance from good means you're surrounded in bad. Mm. The hell the worst part about hellfire is not the fact that you're getting tortured. Think about this. It's the fact that you're far away from your Lord, your Rabb. There's also that people who's gonna help you. Allah SWT says that there is no intercessor. There is no one a protector other mm. than Allah. So when you're when someone Sakhrullah is in, in, in the place where he's far away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he asks the angel, Hey, tell yeah. your Lord to help me out here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him a response that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will listen to the people who who are amongst his people who remembered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make your make your prayer, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not answer those those prayers of the transgressed or something similar to that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean so like the story you were talking about how like People are going to ask the angels, hey, ask your Lord. I mean, at that point, he's no longer, like, that, that, that person in Jahannam is no longer Allah's slave. He's not, Allah is no longer his Lord. Mm. So he has to ask, hey, talk to your Lord for me, because you can't. When you're in Jahannam, you cannot talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have been cut off. Right? Your entire life, you have this direct phone line. Like, you yeah. have Allah anytime you want. Exactly. But not, af not after you're in Jahannam. No, but at there's also point, people who may initially go to Jahannam. And after they serve their time, sorry, I don't know if that's the right word to say, they can be forgiven and then they go to Jannah. Those people are still, they don't, until that point, they have no communication with Allah. Yeah. And those people are going to be considered the poor people of Jahannam. They're going to have a burn mark on their, on their forehead that marks them for the rest of eternity. Saying, hey, these were some of the, these were the people who went to hellfire first. And that, I mean, think about... This won't be like a minute or two in the fire. This is yeah. hundreds and thousands of years in the yeah. fire before you get out. The thing about it, when you accidentally touch something, you touch a hot, a hot pan, that burns. For, you, for like a millisecond, you touch it and you're like, oh my God, you're in so much pain. Yeah. This is thousands of years of having no hope. You lose, you lose hope. You free, like, you're like, yeah, like I love promises, but like, you, you forget about it. You're sitting there like without hope, you're just being burnt over and over again. Your body disintegrates. And you're like, okay, it's done. I'm dead. Like my body's gone. I can't get burned anymore. And then all that skin, all that muscle comes back to get burnt again. And, and think about this. The people when they enter Jannah, the things that they're going to be most happiest about is the fact that they were saved from Jahannam. True. They're surrounded with all the, the blessings that everyone wants to do, worldly things that they want in life. They finally get everything that they could ask for. And but more. they're not thankful, firstly, about the fact that they have that. They're firstly thankful about the fact that they didn't go there. That's huge. Can y'all even imagine a time and place where every step you take, every second is better than the last? How, how happiness, enjoyment, everything just keeps increasing. You, you can't never, imagine, like, bro. Like, that's like, the thing. Remember, we, we, we sit down, right? And you reminisce with a good old day and it makes yeah. you happy. There is no good old days because yeah. every day is better than the last. Oh, yeah. You never sit there and like, oh, man, that time was good. Because what, what does that kind of say? Like, yeah. that time was kind of better than like now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I miss yeah, yeah. it. And it's like, oh, my God, it keeps getting, getting better. better. I can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know today even ends? Oh, this is a continuation. 
What if you're, what if in general you just want like unlimited caffeine? <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> bro. I think, I think there's a hadith where it's saying that a, a person in Jannah can look inside of Hellfire for a split second and just see it. Stuff and I think the most best part, the most beautiful part that really touches my heart is that when he realizes, when that window closes of Jahannam, so he's not looking at Hellfire anymore, and he's standing there in Jannah again, is the best part in my mind is the fact that he says, wait, we're never going to die again? We're never going to have to be judged again? This is it? SubhanAllah. Like, we're good now? Like, we don't ever have to worry about nothing? Yeah, Allah, come on. What kind of Lord would do something like that other than the most What is merciful? this world, man? Huh? What is this world? This world is joke, bro. You know, this world is for you and me. People like you, me, Taha, all these other people who, who enjoy these kinds of talks to unite. So when we get to Jannah, inshallah, we're all even on the Day of Judgment. Inshallah. Where we can sit down and do the same thing. What do you think? Inshallah. We're going to be talking about something different? We're going to be talking about Allah. What's the difference? Probably also a pet, pet unicorn and stuff like that. <laughs> That'd be cool too. <laughs> My man's thinking outside the box. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, let me use the restroom. All right. I think we're good on the podcast too, by the way. Is this the end? It could be. Because right, I gotta say one last thing. Okay, bad, bad. Okay, so the last thing is... I'm ready for it. I think everybody who's watching this, we all need to give these two gentlemen that are in front of me I mean, these guys are doing a lot of good work. Inshallah, may Allah reward both of you guys. Um, you guys are creating like a safe space for people to... You guys are changing people's lives, people's hearts inshallah, inshallah, inshallah. daily whenever they watch their videos. So, inshallah, you guys are all doing it with pure intentions. Inshallah. And inshallah, you guys reward both of you guys. Thank you guys so much. Inshallah, bro. I appreciate that, man. My this guys. is almost like in a sense where that gift that I was talking about, let's want to give to everyone. I believe that this is my, my thing that I have to do in this life. Yeah. You know, so, I mean... I don't care who, if I, yeah. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm yeah, going to be saying things to stuck for like here and there that yeah. are probably wrong. Yeah. There's going to be people who are going to correct me. Yeah. But I'm not stopping, inshallah. We're not yeah. stopping, inshallah. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, I think I want the viewers to be able to just take a moment to thank both of you for what you guys are doing. Yeah, man. All you know of what Allah. I mean? Um, Alhamdulillah, bro. Hey, bro, real talk, real talk. The only motivating factor that we have is the fact that people are watching our videos. Yeah. So we can bring out the best of content in our mind, but if people like you are not watching our thing yeah. and interacting with us, then we're not we're not getting anywhere. Yeah, people, you know? go show your support, man. Start sharing these videos and stuff like that. I mean, it don't cost you nothing. <laughs> like, it's just a share or something on Instagram, <laughs> YouTube, whatever. A penny's not coming out of your wallet, so... Alhamdulillah, <laughs> yeah. But what I have realized is that this, these videos aren't for everyone. You know what I mean? And the reason why is because I don't think... I don't know if most people really want to hear of Allah in, in at least a certain group of people who don't want to hear about Allah. So the people who do like to listen to Allah, that's why I even have it like share with your friends who you know will like it. Yeah. Dude, don't, don't, other people who don't care about it, I don't want them. I don't care necessarily yeah, yeah. that they watch it. But I, I do think it's really like important for us all to like get together and share it with the people we believe that it's going to be beneficial to. Because yeah. real talk, if you think about it, and I'm posting a, a post about something similar to this where I say that this is this is literally Sadqa Jariah, inshallah. Inshallah. And it's not just, oh, we're getting reward. It's yeah. everyone who, yeah, exactly. who's even watching our video is exactly. getting Sadqa Jariah, inshallah. That's what I'm saying. Like, shout out to, like, um, like that last video, whoever was the one who AJ. Liked, who? AJ. Was it AJ? I mean, I don't know who it yeah. was. But the person who basically asked the question, like, oh, what do you guys think? Oh, like the, Arisha. The, yeah, her. I guess her, yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, for asking the question, right? Because then you know there's people out there who are, like, willing to listen and willing yeah. to change their lives the way they think. And that's where you guys, mashallah, are playing like a huge role. You know, and then like, let's say she asks a question, inshallah, she does a good deed. 
she goes and she teaches that to somebody else. Um, I mean, it's just a dominant effect. May Allah reward everyone, bro. I mean, May Allah reward everyone. I mean, honestly, inshallah. I mean, I mean Allah is the most generous. So like, there is no end to his. Exactly. Like, like we've all seen that that video of Oprah. You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> you get a car. Well, everybody, everybody gets good deeds. Inshallah. It's it's a it's a snowball effect, not a not a rock throw. Exactly. Thank you, yeah. brother. Jazakallah, okay. bro. I appreciate it, bro. Thank you so okay. much, man. For Thank sure. you for coming out, bro. Alhamdulillah. And I hope you enjoyed the chai, the caffeine, <laughs> yes, the yeah, drug. I'm, I'm taking it slowly. <laughs> <laughs>